Hey everyone, it's Dijon. Hope you're all doing well. I just wanted to say if you're a part of this community and you want to see it grow, please subscribe and follow this channel wherever you are listening. Give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share it with the homies. Thanks. Welcome to the Souls of Society community. We're building a new world here. It's based on connection, compassion, and collaboration. Join us as we explore how to create a new earth. Enjoy the Heart Center conversation. I'm Dijon. Welcome to the tribe. Bless. Right. So today I am here with the soul I am just becoming acquainted with. Her name is Alexandra Joy Smith. Thanks mm-hmm. for being here. Thank you. And she was actually recommended to come on the podcast by a mutual friend who we both care about very deeply. And I hope that more people will re- recommend others for the podcast because it's all about hearing multiple perspectives because everyone's perspective is is worth understanding and appreciating so how are you today alexandra my soul is well my soul is well in this giant pause in the universe that we are being gifted with Hmm. i'm glad to hear that Hmm. was that the case throughout the process or have you had kind of like dips down into lower places or? Truthfully, the way it kind of rolls for at least the space that I am is my dip downs were before. Hmm. I spent January, this all kind of showed up end of January, February in terms of our being impacted really by it. But I came back from a lot of travel overseas and all of a sudden I, I found this place in myself that was just, I, I, I would call it like a cave underwater. <laughs> like I, I wasn't finding my inspiration. I wasn't finding my tuning into something higher and coming from there. Everything felt like work. And uh, this has happened to other Januarys, interestingly enough, but this January was even more profound. I actually ended up getting, becoming unwell. I had some lung stuff. I never had lung stuff. I don't think it was the virus just because of the, the symptoms didn't really, it wasn't like a match match. I ended up in January cleaning out closets. I, I was what I call divine dropping my word for my phrase for da- downloading or uploading um, that I needed to set up my home more as, as a haven as kind of the, the, I want to call like an energy center for what I'm doing in the world. I needed to have more integrity in like my drawers. (laughs) I've really well set up drawers now. And this all started like way before, uh, you know, uh, the giant pause and being requested to be in our homes. And so when it all happened, I was like, oh, of course, because what I have found, the closer I have gotten to my own, I don't know, knowledge of self, let's say, or knowledge of who, who I am and meant to be on this, on this, in this experience on this planet, I realize a lot of times I go through things before it happens. And mm. there's, you know, I, I know, you know, there's 
reasons for that, it, depending on where you are in your consciousness and all that, we won't, we won't go there. But so I, I went through it beforehand. And then when it happened, I was like, I had a tremendous surge of energy because there was this awareness of, for me, this, this time has been an awareness of actually all the 35 years of this particular type of work. I've been on the planet longer than that. But my, my, what I call Satori moment was in my teens and my, my, my big entryway into true awareness and waking the up, waking the blank, beep, the beep up was very early on. And I certainly had my times of going in and out of that. But I, for me, it was this come together of like, I was actually born, you know, when we, when we dip into like the moment where we meet why we're here, it's, it's in, not all of us have done it. Not everybody I've heard, you know, a lot of my spiritual teachers, mentors would talk about it um, for themselves. And I'd be like, well, I don't know if I've had that yet. Or sometimes I'd be arrogant enough to think in my, you know, human arrogance, like, oh yeah, I've had that. But, I, but this, this time I'm like, oh, this is why this, this is ultimately everything, the wounds, the, the lessons, the dark nights of the soul, the, the learnings that I've had to do to, to heal those wounds, to get through dark nights of the soul, all that feels like it's all like this has been this is the nexus point for it all and i'm here to i don't like to use the word serve a lot because I, I i i'm kind of a language geek and any any use of spiritual language these days that it's like oh i know what that means like i i like to create language that actually creates a new experience so for me of course it's about service but it's even more than that it's like a fulfillment of my divine assignment like it's a fulfillment of why my soul came and I'm here to be a part of this journey with you and to shepherd together uh, a new model of existence. I call it the divine age. Again, that's my language for it, but you know, we're at a precipice. We're at a nexus point, which is as any nexus point holds, it holds the pain and it holds the, the pleasure. It holds the ecstasy and the agony. It holds the tragedy and and the ecstasy to use you know polarity words so i don't look out into the world and not mourn for and and grieve for the things that are shifting that are painful you know very painful there's a lot of pain a lot of wounding a lot of death a lot of you know things that we're seeing uh, literal death and then we're seeing a uh, a breaking down of of the old structure and it, it I can feel it in my body. It, you know, it hurts at times, or it hurts a lot. And I'm also what's co-arising with that is this excitement for what can be in conversations like this, and then what comes from it in terms of actioning from an inspired place, from connection in our bodies and ourselves, and how we can actually make a difference. Because there's been a softening. If you notice any tragedy, I was in New York City and for 9-11, you know, so I was right there. And it's so interesting in moments of true, call it tragedy or, or like true waking up, where it, there's a softening of the mind. There's a softening of people's relationship to matter, to things. And this is the way it is and structure and all that stuff where you can kind of like, it's like a crack in the wall, like the, you can kind of 
get in like you never have. And I find that with the goddesses I work with, like I can have conversations which were theoretical before, but now because there's a softening in who they, their, what their minds are and became as identities, like you can get, I've been able to get in more. That makes any sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And long answer to your <laughs> Yeah, I, but I was following you and I think that people here get it. And I mean, it's clear that you've been on this path for a while because you're, you're deep in it in your explanation. And before we stay in that realm too long, I would love to come back down and hear mm. how your human got to this place. So, mm. you know, like where were you born and where did you grow up? <laughs> I always say I was born, you know, I always look up like from the cosmos. I was born very human. I was born in Houston, Texas. Uh -huh. And from a very early age, we traveled a lot spent time now in reflection like of course i spent time in egypt near the pyramids like when i was like four and five i spent time in mexico mexico city which at the time and only recently did i know that mexico is the vortex especially city is the vortex that it is ended up moving to dc where i did a lot of my primary education but really where i'd say my soul is from is new york city spent 25 years there that's where i grew up that's where I woke the bleep up and became, you know, both, both an identity and also an awakened self. So that's what I consider home. But then after a practice marriage, I... What does that mean? Uh, that's what I call our relationships and or dash marriages where we karmically had, well, we had, you know, we got married, I had the, the white dress, I had the wedding, it was beautiful. And I adore my my first husband still and but it wasn't my what what in in spiritual circles they call twin flames or whatever you want to call it it wasn't my destiny relationship it was more a reparenting hmm. it was it was a relationship that made me safe and felt like uh, i could trust and belong on the planet um, because of childhood wounds that i've done a lot of work around where i didn't feel that way so it was a reparenting, a re-education. And then from there, I, I was like, the, the like veil kind of pierced where I was like, at a certain point, I just, it was so painful to be there because I, I couldn't be fully who I was as an embodied soul hmm. in that, that relationship. So then I, you know... I don't know how to say it, attracted the man that I had been doing vision for since like 1990. Literally, I, I still have it, like the journals and stuff where he, he literally like wore the Levi's jeans I described. I was very specific in my calling in my soulmate is what we said then. Now we call it twin flames. And what I wanted was a man who like traveled, whatever. So I married a Kiwi. Long story short, we ended up leaving New York lived for a time in New Zealand and Australia and moved back to the Bay Area for his work. So we're here now with three beautiful gurus, which is what I call my children, because they uh, kick my proverbial arse. Arse is, you know, ASS in Scotland, arse daily and remind me of the human that I chose to be. Mm. So that's kind of like the story. And there's been, whoa, and all of it, you know, all of it. There's been a huge earth schooling and journey and the agony and ecstasy and all of it. I've never, mm -hmm. I've never been one to be like in this 
like in the EKG where it's like, blip, 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 like that. It's for me, it's always like, blip, blip, mm, mm. you know, ascension, descension, ascension, descension, ascension, descension. So a lot of, a lot of high highs and low lows is what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yes. To answer that question. And do you think that's something you choose or why do you think that your life has such dynamic range? I absolutely think on a soul level, you uh, set yourself up like as a soul frequency before even coming here to have those types of contracts made and those agreements made. I call it in the crystal cave before entry. It's like Mm. a little holding place. I absolutely believe that that's been my, to use, you know, Dharma, my karma to learn in earth school that way, to have to integrate that way. And it's never been different. You know, ever since I was a little girl, it's always been kind of like that. Mm. And even now, like since you're much further along on your path, is it still feel as extreme? Do you feel like you're kind of like used to it? Great question. Yes. It, I wouldn't say it's, it's, ex, is as extreme because in this, the, the, the second part of the answer to the question you asked before is I believe it's not the world in my kind of existence in my reality. My reality is that you come in to this embodiment to experience it all and where there is weakness in any of your energy centers that you are, you came in here to work out. We create, I've created moments in this lifetime to give me what I call the scaffolding that I didn't have before in another lifetime that I didn't have to help me build it. So when things occur, like the next thing, like kind of you, you just asked, the next wound or the next learning, it doesn't hit me in the same place. But what it does inform me of is where I still need to build scaffolding. Mm. And what I would tell the goddesses or when I'm, I'm, I call it playing, I don't call what I do work, because God forbid it be work, it's really my play in the world. It's never not about expand, you know, the expansion of who you are means you're going to step into a vision that pulls you even more dynamically. So once you're kind of through the veil of like, oh, it's not just, I'm just not just a human having a human experience of a soul, you know, who's here having a human experience. Once you kind of get that in yourselves, it's like, I call it the game. Like, okay, so what, what am I going to commit my life to? Before it was my conditioning, you know, and I'm just living out my, you know, patterns from zero to six or my patterns my parents had. It's kind of like you're in a treadmill, right? But once you get all that, then it's like, wow, I'm in this game called Earth School and I'm here to embody, I chose Alexandra, you know, I chose this. So like, what can she be up to? What can her life be about? you know, as a, as a service and inside of that stretch in that game doesn't mean you're not going to still feel the polarity, you know, in fact, I mean, I know you've experienced it with what you're up to in the world. Sometimes the whacking can feel even more intense because you're taking on more, you're taking on a bigger expansion, bigger service, bigger, the, the, the game becomes bigger. If you know what I'm saying, does that make sense? Yeah, I totally know what you're saying. And for me, I've definitely experienced, you know, 
a lot of dynamism in my life, you know, high highs and low lows. And what those experiences have taught me is that the essence underneath those experiences is, is indestructible. Like I've tapped Mm -hmm. into that part of myself where, you know, I am not my experiences. I am not my feelings. I am not my emotions and the reflections that I come across, whether they be people our experiences are helping me understand more about who I am and who I choose to be in response to those stimulus. Yes. Which is like like, the, like the, a creative act, like a, like a how it's up to it's up to you versus the conditioning doing it. Yeah, there's always a choice. You always yeah. have a choice to respond instead of react. You know, it calls, can I, can I share something with you about the yeah. moment I had with this goddess that is, is in my current program. And I was, I was in sacred session with her and I had this moment and I'm, I'm hoping you can help me like tease this out because it's like one of those moments, it's hard to put language to, but I had this moment where I heard her talking about her life or a story, you know, a story or narrative about her life. Like there was something about the mother or the father, something. But what I was present to was like, if anybody's ever seen Star Star Wars, which I loved those first three movies, I kind of like dropped off. But the first three, I was like, mm-hmm. you know, that those, those to me are not like science, science fiction. Those are documentaries. And, but remember like when the, the hovercraft or whatever just goes over the earth, slow, uh, sorry, like the ground, not the earth. I mean like the ground Yeah. slowly. I had this moment of seeing this, this beautiful human in front of me as the soul she was who was going to quote unquote persevere during it all. Like, but was, had a, had a mouth that was talking story, which I respected. It's not that I didn't disrespect, but what I was present to was the soul she was coming from that almost had a, a microphone to it or something that had like, like uh, subtitles. Mm-hmm. But what I was present to was her, like her, like the soul she was. And then obviously that as the transference and the divine soul she is, she is. Does that, does that make sense? Because what, what you just said completely had me remember that moment I had. So are you saying that, you know, you heard her on one dimension telling her human story on another dimension, you felt the expression of her soul, which was different and almost like you were hearing subtitles or seeing subtitles of what her soul was expressing. And that, like you said so eloquently and perfectly, that presence of soul can handle anything. Right. The narrative that shows up, the outpicturing of our life shows up to serve that soul just getting... I'm going to use the word stronger, but it's, that's probably not the right word. It's just the word that's coming right now. It's that, that narrative, those earth school lessons is like, it's like school. It's just, it's like gym. I come from the gym business or early on. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's like training. It's like, you gotta like, you know, go, you're, you're, you gotta tear apart the muscle to, to develop muscle. So it's like the storyline and the bigger the story, the bigger the soul gets, you know, in its, in its expansiveness and what it can hold and the journey and the, like the wonder. And, and as I, I just shared this big time with a um, quantum journey I just had with women last Saturday, I'm like, if we 
to just get better at the dissension versus so much focus on the ascension. So I have it, you know, where it's like, I have it in a, in a, in a X and Y axis as kind of like the map of our journey, but like, we're so focused on happiness and the light and let's go toward the light. And the truth is, what do people say about going to the light? When does that happen? At death. Exactly. So don't go to the light. <laughs> you know, like, be careful where you're going because that's, you know, like, we need to like dance in the experience of now, you know, which holds the dark and the light, the dissension and the ascension. The, I won't say positive and negative because I don't want to kind of like, yes, it's kind of like a positive and negative dance. Like, you, you, so much focus on the positive. If we get better in holding, Get what actually it's from a movie or something where it's like hold, 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 or or when Pemba Shadron said that quote, she said, When you get better at sit sitting in the red hot stillness for two to three more seconds today than yesterday, like you get better by two or three seconds, that is the way of the the journey, the sacred journey woman and journey man. I, I kind of didn't do her quote as just the way she writes it but that's my interpretation or and that's my interpretation of it so if we could get better at holding both and even now like with what we're going through I, I was just saying this on a beautiful walk I was taking with my husband yesterday you know out in the neighborhoods I'm seeing more families walking together than I have ever seen in my life I am seeing so there is quote unquote from like a third dimension perspective, a lot of negative going on. But you know, when I go to my uh, grocery store and on the door it says only take two things of milk, like there's a lot of lessons that are actually good for all of us to be getting. It's like, it's like we're being nursery schooled back. <laughs> you know, like let's go back to the simple ways, not simple ways of being, but you're tracking me. Like there's a lot of, I'll say positive, there's a lot of things we are gleaning around the, the dissension and what the dissension we're in right now that are ways of being that would really serve us. And, you know, all of us have seen the videos around pollution, especially yesterday it was Earth Day, right? And we're seeing pollution in, you know, LA, you can see for the first time in how many years. You know, there's just, there's, there's a lot of beauty in being able to, what it's really zero point, hold the zero point of the positive and negative, the ascension and dissension together. I 100% agree with everything you were just saying. I love that you use the metaphor of the muscles ripping apart because I feel like I've talked about that in like maybe two of the last four or five podcasts, but it's, it's interesting to hear someone else say it because I think it just harkened back to the idea that it's really something bigger than us talking through us and they want us to understand that idea so we both communicate it in our own unique ways. And I do think there's always lessons to learn from any situation. You know, it's not positive or negative. It's just rich yes. in contrast. And I feel like speaking of movies, I don't know if you've seen that Pixar movie Inside Out. Oh, I have the dolls upstairs. I have, I, can, I went one year, I'll send it to you in a text as a joy, because my middle name's Joy. So I mm -hmm. went as Joy with the blue wig and everything. Love right. that movie. Again, that movie is not an animated children's film that is a documentary <laughs> yeah and it's about it, it teaches 
everyone, children and adults, how to mm -hmm. embrace the totality of their being and, and yes, therefore exactly. the totality of life. And the richness and complexity can only be had when everything is given its, its space and honored completely. And ultimately, every experience has something to teach us and we have something to learn from. And I think that if you have anything to say about a person, a relationship, an experience, other than thank you, mm. then there's still work to do there. There's still possible perspectives that you can shift that help you engage in a lighter way with whatever that was. Can I speak to that? Do you mind if I speak to that? Yeah. Because to me, that's where the juice is, what you just said, because you know, so much of who we are is relational, right? Like it's, it's our responses to one another that teach us the most. I mean, you, you have said that um, to me prior to this call, our, our sacred time together. What I find is that, I mean, to, to, to say what you just said in another way is, you know, there's nothing to forgive. Right. Why would you change anything that had you build more structures in yourself to be here more fully, to deliver on your divine assignment, to get clear about it and then deliver on it? Because all any pain has its teacher. You know, it is the ultimate teacher. By the way, my dog is named Karma, so apologies, but I always feel like I can get away from her being around and barking at squirrels because her name is Karma. So, so we, there's, you know, it, it back to that like grid, I kind of Cartesian plane I draw or the cross, you know, forgiveness is a beautiful thing. And I do the, the Hawaiian hunapunapuna, you know, I do forgiveness exercises and I do that with my goddesses, yet it only gets you to a certain part. Uh, it, to a certain point in the journey, because when you really get that you chose the whole thing and that those lessons, even the rub up against other humans, that, that friction point, that tension point are our biggest teachers so that we can actually get stronger in our sense of, of being here in our bodies fully. And by the way, I'm talking about something that I'm learning. I mean, every week, like this isn't like, I'm not, spiritually mumbo jumboing right now like i i because and i mean i'm living it and you know it doesn't mean i don't have things that hit me and even had something ha happen last week and i'm like i immediately went to object you know i think it was everything and by the way texting is like perfect for the earth school i can't stand texting yet it's perfect because it's only words so you're not getting people's physiology right so then you can interpret and make meaning and perceive out of what, right? 7% of communication is language, is words. Right. So, but it's a, it's, you know, it's, I'm getting, it's a perfect nurse school. So I got a text where I had this reaction. I'm like, whoa, all right. There's the sting. Where is it in the body? And it's, it's going into that energy in the body and where it's hitting us. And often it's, it, often it's in the lower centers, as you know, because that's where our safety and belonging and trust lies. You know, so it's it's going in and I had to go in and I, I had to like, okay, this isn't new. This is not new. So choose here. Like, do I do I want to go in it into the stillness? And you know, what I say about this time in the giant pause is, and I said it as I've learned it, like, yes, we were asked to come home. But then I got, oh, it's not just coming home, proverbial. And some people are still serving 
the people who are having to come home. So a lot of people are out there in it, not home. And I honor them with my soul. But we were asked to come home. And then I got, oh, because I would talk to women. They were like, oh, I'm on my third closet. I've taken out all my kids' clothes and ironed them. I'm like, oh, wow. People, there's another piece here. It's to sit down. Like, come home, sit down. And then there was, and then I got, after some conversations, oh, it's to settle down. Like, settle down, but settle down. Like, settle down into the raw energies and the noticing of our environments at home in this, in this paradigm, you know, at home and be there and get the messaging and sit in the raw energy, which, you know, we're not trained that way as little ones, or I certainly wasn't uh, trained that as a child. Like what's beautiful about the sixties to the nineties is we were, we learned how to name emotions, right? Very important in the psychological model of the world. How do you feel little Dijon? Mommy, I feel sad or, you know, whatever you, whenever you learn to do that, some of us learn to do that at six or learn how to do that at 36, you know, wherever you are. Yet when you name it, you give it energy and you give it a meaning and then you've got, it's like, okay, so why are you sad? And then you got your whole story and then you're in it, right? Like it's a whole networking of energy that you get to keep in place. So we have an opportunity now, and this is, what I've been sitting in is like in that moment last week, of settling down into just the raw energy, feeling where it hit me in my body and going into it with breath, which is spirit. One thing we all have in common is breath. So to me, that's spirit coming through and, and really like, a, like an investigator, like really looking at a butterfly from all of its angles, you know, like the beauty of a butterfly, like, wow, look at that blue and look at that orange and look at that you know doing that with the, the, the subtle energy of self because it's all there to inform and you know frankly i had to get with this particular thing i'm talking about i had to get to the point where i was tired of it enough like kind of like enough you know what i mean like getting to that 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 place in yourself where you're like i don't want this reaction anymore Mm -hmm. I'm actually, I want to like, teach me, <laughs> like surrender, like I'm surrender. Like, okay, I'm going to yeah. learn this today. Yeah. So yeah. So this is, I, I've, I just cycled out. So bring me back, please. But you know, that's just, I think the opportunity that we're in is to work with the raw energy, to work with the subtle energy. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like what you're saying is that, you know, you can only get so far with a certain process. And part of the process was being able to communicate our emotions and identify them. And then the next phase is even getting beyond that and getting beyond the story and getting to the, the feeling and feeling the feeling yeah. and making a conscious choice around what you want to feel because we do have the ability to consciously choose how we respond to situations instead of being victim to a certain reaction. And that's like the true place of empowerment. Actually, I'm talking about the moment before that though. Okay, what? Then? I'm talking about the moment where you are so present to the sensations that are the feelings in, in the body, the raw energy, that it's actually like that, that zero point, which, which is, is, it's almost like the no thing and everything all in one, one moment where there's just space which is 
what we are made up of anyway, but Mm -hmm. we're more space than anything else, right? It's that moment of space where then it, it, and being able to hang out in that space long enough to be informed with what the lessons are and all that, and then doing what you're saying, you know, Mm -hmm. then get to choice. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to leapfrog that moment because it's a profound moment, which to me, I always describe it as like, whoa, I feel like I'm on the edge of the um, Grand Canyon. You know, like, whoa, I could like. So you're referencing like a place of, of like deep inner stillness and receptivity where you can achieve clarity. Said much better than I did. Okay. And it's, and without agenda, without, without even knowing that there's going to be a re-choosing or anything. It's like surrendering to the guru of the lesson, the guru that the lesson is, the guru that the pain is, hmm. the, the, the teacher that the sensations are, because they're all teaching us something. Mm-hmm. That's why they keep showing up. Hmm. You know, like they don't, I mean, in, in like old model of education, aggregate model, like you don't get to go to seventh grade, hopefully, unless you master some of the principles of what you had to learn in sixth grade. Ideally, that's supposed to, how, that's supposed to be how it goes. But you know, whether right. it goes that way, we don't know. Kind of like that in life, in earth school. It's like, it'll keep, you got to keep getting it until you get it. It'll keep showing up until you get it. Hmm. And I mean, you've had that. I know. I know we both have had that where it's like, I mean, even my deepest, darkest, like moments, dark of the soul, I remember feeling like this isn't new. This is actually, there's like a similar, like I've been here before. Hmm. I have, this is, this is, this is familiar in a way I don't want it to be. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely felt that in some experiences, and I agree that life is not linear. You know, the soul's yeah. growth is not linear, and you pop up to certain places or back to certain places. There are certain situations in my experience that have felt novel, and like I was like, oh, I've never been here to this degree, you know, and I don't know that I can take it. But then, whenever I experienced those moments, there was always an equal amount of like support and magic. Yeah. Right. That was that is as bad as I would think my situation was, then that much more extreme and obvious and undeniable the support was. You know? Because that's the way the universe is held together. You don't hold a cell together without the polarity. Right. So in any given moment, even though it feels tragic, the you you know i call the universe i call my relationship to the divine is is her like i call her she she will bring in the exact opposite in the same moment it's just you got to be very willing to be awake to that's how it is because things can hit us hard so it's hard to see the other side when you're there but you're right. I mean, the way you said it was perfect. Like there's, there's the magic and the mystery and, and available at any given moment, both in the ascension and the descension. And in the ascension, right? I'm sure you've had magic and flow with music or photography or doing this, right? There's also that other edge. You know, it's like, it's like the fulcrum. It's a fulcrum point. I'm not a physicist, but you know, it's like that fulcrum point where you're we're like, whoa, holding both. At, the, at any given moment. Mm. 
at least from, from my investigation and kind of peeling away the onion around all this and in my dwelling in this journey, unless you're in the sacred and then the sacred, there is a dimension, but that would take way too long. You know, that's another conversation we can have. There is that other dimension that doesn't hold the polarity. That is just a what so that is that divine level of consciousness. But and, and that, that dimension is kind of present, you know, when men pass out in birthing rooms, there's a high percentage of men who like go down because that wonder of the, the, that, that creation, that force of creation, that wonder that comes through with the baby being born is so intense. Their bodies aren't, their, their energetic systems can't handle it. So, you know, we, we, we have to, earth school is getting us ready to handle the wonder. Does that make sense? Yeah. I understand. We're getting prepared for higher frequencies and being able to integrate them. And right now, man, whew, the frequencies are fast. You know, for the first time, I can look in third dimension here and just think, wow, things are actually matching <laughs> how things live inside me, which is fast when it comes to like tuning in to higher messaging at all. It usually comes through fast. So I can look out, you know, at, in a day, you know, what we've gone through here as a collective on the planet is like in a day, everything changes from one moment to the next. And secretly for me, there's a comfort in that, but yeah, I mean, I have to, I have to, we all, that's why I, I you know, everybody's talking about this. We've all had to ante up our practices. You know, if you meditate more meditation, if you do yoga, more yoga, you know, whatever they are to, to be able to riff and hold our channels strong during a lot of intensity. Mm. Yeah. My meditation practice and my whole self-care game is definitely up-leveled. And I know for a long time in my life, it was something I resisted. Mm. You know, I'd be like, oh, I should meditate, but I don't want to. And, and now all of those things are, are non-negotiable and, Yes. It's like the things that you hear in like Abraham Hicks about reality being created from the non-physical and from a state of being is, is even more so because I'm an, I'm an active creative person, but I also am tuned into when things happen in the day that energetically knock me off my center. And I think before I would like push through them, you know, numb them out in some way and try to continue being quote unquote productive. And now I'm much more inclined to acknowledge whatever it is and then take space, create space to rectify it. And sometimes that's like going on a walk, you know, or laying on my biomat. And I notice like I'll go on a walk and I'll be walking around and immediately when I go outside, you know, the sun is shining and I'm like, oh, this is a, this is better. I feel better. And then I'll be walking around and like looking at stuff and I'm like, oh, it's pretty. And then I, will notice, oh, you're walking really fast, like slow down, right? Yeah. And then I'll walk half the speed I was walking before. And when I do that, you know, I just look at the flowers and the bees pollinating them. And I really feel like heaven or anywhere we're trying to go is, is not another place. It's a frequency and it has a speed. 
Yeah. Right. So in most of the things going on in this reality that we're currently all a part of is way too fast for to enter that dimension. And for me, I've noticed a lot of it is just slowing down. And I wouldn't even say be more patient because patience implies that you're still waiting on something. You know, it's more like the presence of deeply acknowledging what's actually here. Totally. And to me, it is being in the presence of heaven on earth, like mm. in that X, Y axis. It's being in the, it, here is the ground of being that I'm getting more and more and more as a, an experience in myself is, you know, I have a, I'm looking at it, stunning trees and palm trees, you know, that, that where are we? Yeah. And I've had moments, I, I don't, I call what I do floating. I, I, I don't necessarily meditate as much as like I float, go into, I don't want to say other dimensions, but get information uh, if I still, I'm in stillness. And often it's like first thing in the morning when I'm in like alpha, theta, like this isn't you know, when I'm in beta and I'm just, I've just had so many hits recently of like, where are we going? Like there's nowhere to go. It's all here. And, and there's a game like that's, Fun to play if you so choose, but to get caught in the game in the, as if it's the point, that's where my heart, you know, that's where when I see myself doing it or feeling that where I, I, I want to slow down, you know, where I slow down because every moment is the experience of heaven on earth, which sounds, I, I, one of the things about our space is, you know, language that is floaty or, you know, people use the word woo-woo. I don't like to disrespect our space by calling it woo-woo. But, but that's, you know, I, I want to use grounded language, but the language I'm using actually is real for me. So when I say floating, I mean it, you know, and, and heaven on earth, I mean it. Because if I'm looking at a tree or, you know, the leaf, I have a, a wall of, one of the things I wanted to create in my life was a villa in Tuscany. That was like something I wanted to create like in 92. So I live in a, Tus oh, sorry, a Tuscan villa, but I didn't put in Italy. So I, we live in a very like Tuscan-like villa. Probably in California, be considered Spanish. To me, it's a Tuscan villa. So I'm looking at this wall of ivy that's very Tuscan. And, you know, when I'm really present to that, I'm like, you know, there's no wanting of anything. There's no want for anything other than to be in commune, communion, Again, not a, I don't mean that in a spiritual woo, -woo way. I mean, like, really, like, lose any separation between me and the leaf, me and the experience of that's heaven. And I actually came here to experience that because as far as we know it, there's no chocolate mousse in the fifth and sixth dimension. Like, it's here. So I'm going to, like, enjoy the, the Jesus out of, the leaf and chocolate mousse because in this model of the world that I'm speaking from, that's why we came, you know, to be here now and experience you and like your red shirt and, you know, your beautiful, like I, I, it's so what I'm so present to in your energy system is just this ancient, ancient lineage of male shamanistic, I'm going to make my shamanistic, you know, wisdom. 
integrating the masculine feminine, integrated feminine masculine wisdom, like true shaman mm. energy. And this is this is this is the point, right? Like this moment. There's nowhere to get to other than right here. But hey, I don't always live that way. I'm human. One of the quotes I have in my 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 I call it my playroom, my office is my playroom is don't believe in magic, the young boy said, you will when you see her. It's a quote by Atticus, which mm. is my favorite, top favorite quotes, because, you know, it's not about the magic showing up. You know, I was obsessed with I Dream a Genie, mm-hmm. which was a sitcom when I was younger. I just get like, it's not in a bottle. You know, you know, I am Genie. <laughs> one of the things I took my, from a quantum physics perspective, this whole thing about feeling alone, that we're apart and we're like the Zoom life we're living and we're alone. So actually we could do it now if you want, it's a little exercise. So you just close your eyes and you bring into your awareness someone you love that you have to this moment been feeling apart from and that you missed. And you bring that, that person close to you and you, you let your body experience and the raw energy, how they make you feel and how you think that you make them feel and you go into the experience and the emotion the feelings in your body, you know, and you know, maybe it's in the heart or in the throat energy center or your lower, you know, maybe there's somebody who makes you feel really safe. Maybe it's your mom. And, you know, you just, you, you virtually in your imagination, hug them. And you just kind of like sit right next to them and have them right next to you as a presence. And then we open our eyes and I'm, I'm like, oh, do you know that you're a quantum physicist? Do you know that you're a magician? Do you know that you're actually Merlin? <laughs> because that's magic. That, that whoever, did you, who was it? Was your mother? Who was it? Was it a woman? It was a woman. It was not my mother. Uh-huh. So she's with you all the time. You know, the biggest illusion is that the people that we love aren't in the field of experience of who we are at all times. And you can feel her. And the fact that you can do that, as far as we know, monkeys can't do that. Like, we have this prefrontal cortex to be able to creatively imagine and quantumly put ourselves or bring people towards us or move towards. That's I dream a genie. Like, I don't need the bottle to be able to blink for magic. Like that's magic. So we're not apart and, and really the missing sensations that we have, I invite all of us to go into really what, where are those, where are those energies in the body that we can actually bring the awareness to that. And these, this goes for the people who have deceased as well. Like you can bring, you know, those people are never not with you. If you, if you do, if you have this as a way of being, you know, you're never not alone. We're never not alone. So that's just a little like exercise I do for giving us the experience of magicians and the magic and the mystery that we are and the quantum physicists that we are, but also to, to kind of pierce this illusion that we're anything other than always together. And I don't know about you, but I've been in stadiums with 20,000 people and felt very alone. Mm. 
mm-hmm. you know, felt more isolated around, you know, at a dinner party or something around groups of people than, than not. Right. So, you know, we, it's, it's another level in the giant pause that we can play around with if we're willing that we're always with the ones we love. Mm. 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 Thank you for your reflections and thank you for the exercise and the wisdom. Mm. 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 Feels good. Mm. I feel like Mm. that is complete on that dimension of expression, but I still would love to ask you a few questions about your human experience just as a person. And, uh, you know, they're, they're probably shorter questions, but like when you are feeling really happy, what's a song that you would want to listen to? <laughs> Such a great question. Cause it changes so often. Like today on my run, I've been listening to a lot of Indigo Girls, which is really like raw, like screaming chick from the 80s music. Uh-huh. It, it's more expression than happiness. So, th- th- so I have music that brings me out of my head kind of thing, like out of my mind. So um, Adele, Indigo Girls, kind of like, yeah, just – little bit of Ingrid Michaelson. I have a lot of, I have a lot of playlists like that. Mm. They kind of get into my heart, kind of like turn, churn me, churn me a little. Mm. And where did you like connect with those artists at a specific time in your life that was always, significant? Always. Indigo Girls was 80s, 90s, that like single girl, single sex in the city girl. <laughs> because it was being shot while I was in New York. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the struggle and then the dance and trying to be fabulous, but also trying to be spiritual, like all that stuff in New York that I was going through, definitely as Indigo Girls. And then just wanting to express it with a loud guitar is, is that, that phase. Ingrid Michaelson is, she's, I don't remember when she showed up, because I don't remember, but she's been around for a while for me. Well, we all know Adele when Adele came on. Adele for me was when I was in New Zealand. And I remember playing and I hadn't wanted to leave New York. So that was a, that was a big like deal for me to leave my family, which is what I call New York City. So I would just blare her music to express. So music is, is a way of expressing raw energy for me. Mm. Beautiful. And what's one of your favorite pieces of literature and and what did you Mm. learn from it Mm. wow i could it's also era based right and when i was in a particular era and the frequency related because i can remember when i was 13 or 14 i mean ann ran ain ran is really how you're saying name the fountainhead and atlas shrug like those books were frequency shifting brought me probably into my awakening, Ayn Rand did. And then later on, Magical Realism with Tom Robbins, who wrote Still Life of the Woodpecker, like wrote all these things about weird, like 
now that I think about it, like weird side of the feminine energy. So I can only speak, I mean, I could really own my memory. I can recall now, I mean, I basically have been reading shelf help, which is what I call that library, you know, since I was 18. So I, you know, I'm not a huge, I, that's where I get my juice. Like fiction isn't, oh, never really been my main, my main gig. So anything that matches my frequency where I've been and I, and I've studied a lot of methodologies and I follow a lot of teachers and, you know, Joe Dispenza, as we know, is like the frequency match of our time and his work is beautiful, but in other era eras, it was other people, you know, everybody from Wayne Dyer to, you know, I had my Bruce Lipton phase not so long ago. You know, I, I go in phases which usually tracks kind of, I, I find myself in retrospect, connecting the dots, looking back, like Steve Jobs says in his Stanford address, that it was a frequency match. I didn't realize that that at the time until now, that like who's ever kind of pushing the edge of consciousness and a little like controversial is where I like to hang. Hmm. And then I can be like totally not humble and arrogant and kind of like spout the stuff out as, as a try. I used to like try to make it mine, which never went well. And then I would have to defend it, you know, whatever. But, but I do tend to, you know, some of us souls, like that's just our, that's why we came in is to kind of hang out and assist stewarding this, the new consciousness. And that's what I found. You see, I had a reawakening. I did the landmark form when I was 18. And that was one of my Satori moments way back then. And it, was, it wasn't even called that when I did it. I did a lot of work around there for like, five, six, seven years, I mean, a long time. And I went back and I actually participated in it for, for my own, I was in my, in, in Hawaii, they call it Iago. I had gotten foggy again, just things, I became very like, it was about the stuff. Just being a new mom and being in like fight or flight or up being a mom. And I just, my, like for me, just waking up and making sure my little bit, I had three babies in four years. So like, I was just in the fog. I was like, as long as they live today and I, and I didn't make major mistakes, I'm, I'm okay. But you know, that turned into like play groups with a lot of wine and I mean, just real like survival stuff. And there was a moment where I, I really got depressed through that, that journey. One, it was hormones, but two, it was like, what is my life? I forgot. I forgot that my life was about a, a bigger purpose that I, I woke up to when I was 18. It's really, it, it, you know, I always say it's like, it's kind of easier if you, if you quote unquote, like wake the bleep up and then you kind of just oh, keep arising. But it's when you wake up and it's young and then you go back to sleep and then you have to reignite it. It was a lot. Like I, there was a lot of collateral damage to the asleepness. Does, are you tracking me? Does this make sense? Yes. So I re-participated in uh, that work in 2012, of course, you know, that energetic year, 2012, or a lot happened. And I remember sitting there looking around thinking, hold on here. When I did that work, it was like two weekends and six or seven, or maybe even eight days. Like it went on for a long time. Now it's three days and Friday morning, people were actually at a frequency that it took 15 years. Well, I don't remember the, yeah, like 15 years earlier, 
it took them four days to get to. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they walked in more open and more ready for the conversation that that work is. That it, it took them in 1990 five days to even get them ready for that conversation. You get what I'm saying? So I was sitting there thinking, what am I doing? Like the world, like, wow. Like we are in this magical carpet ride in, in, in moving up the ladder of, let's call it consciousness or whatever you want to say it, however you want to say it. And I fell asleep. Okay, wake up. <laughs> wakey, wakey, come back. Come back and get with the program. And I really went through a time of having to get through the program in my marriage and, you know, like things really shifted for me again because my life stopped being, had become about me and what I wanted, um, which is, I have a great life and I love the stuff I have. I'm not willing, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to shave my head and go to a mountaintop in any time soon. Yeah. Careful what you say. Right. And my life had collapsed almost into a lot of density and, you know, in the like upset because you don't get what you want and you do get what you want. I mean, it's, it's not a bad life. It's just, it, it has its uh, shortcomings. You don't, I don't, I, you know, I didn't have the deliciously, I call it the deliciously divine connection that you can feel from knowing that it's about so much, something so much greater than that, you know, it's beyond the stuff. So that was, that was a big moment about, so that was not that long ago. It was eight years ago where I went, okay, enough. Like we all have our enough moments, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is when I re-engaged and was like, your life has to be about something greater because you know better. Like I knew better intellectually, but my mm -hmm. body didn't. My body went into habit. Mm -hmm. My body was just, a, you know, into habit. And by the way, doing the best that she could. Yet, it didn't feel good. On the, on the most fundamental level, it didn't feel good. Yeah. Well, I'm imagining that you're in a different way of relating to motherhood than you were during that time when you were in a fog. So I'm curious, what's one of your favorite things about being a mother? <laughs> the earth school that it is. The unbecom unbecoming every day. Like I could wake up in the morning after floating and, you know, like, oh, I'm so connected to her and the divine and then like come down, come literally down the stairs. That's funny. I never thought about that as an analogy, come down the stairs and be like, you know, and one of the kids are like, you know, those scrambled eggs you made, they sucked. Or, you know, like some like, you know, that this is it. This is where I get to experience love and all of it is in this like relationship right here. Mm. Yeah, I just reached, you know, some other plane, but great. But you chose, you, you, me, Alexander chose this life, this body, this time. I chose on soul level, not the I that I think I am, but like on the bigger level, these beings, you know, I'm, I'm like, and now I, I, I do cry a lot. So just give me a moment because I'm, Whoa, you know, part of heaven on earth is getting that who is in your life is the biggest gifts. You can look at the leaf and you can look at the butterfly, but when you really are present to the wonder 
especially if you've actually born, if they came through you, your womb, and you had that whole experience as a mom, like, oh, it is, it is the wonder, it is the magic, it is the mystery, it is the infinite on steroids. And I've had moments um, where I've really gotten that. It's my, I've never done plant medicine. For me, I have those experiences without it. So I, you know, I, it's what I hear about, you know, right. I, I call it like when my wings extend and I touch the hem of the, the, the magic or the infinite, but nothing's like the infinite being here embodied and in an interaction where I'm brought back to why I'm here which is to be the mother, you know, in this lifetime, you know, to be a mother and, and to do the best job that I can. But it's a daily practice. Talk about a daily practice. Whoa. <laughs> and being a wife, you know, to a man who I'm constantly like, you know, I had this moment the other night and I, and I literally had a, this experience while sleeping. A lot of times, as we know, the divine enters like 4 a.m. ish. It's like a whole chemical thing too. Like we're, it's a brain wave reason, but that whole thing happened at 4 a.m. And, and really like I got this incredible download, but what I was present to was him. And all I wanted to do was like be in the mystery of his incredible body. And like, you know, I'll leave it there. But like, I just, I was present. I wasn't present to being, being in the extension and touching the infinite made me want to be here more, if that makes sense, and be here more fully. Mm. And it's a journey. Mm. Amazing. Mm. Very Thank last you for question. receiving that. I got, yeah. I got that you got that. I could, feel, I could feel it all in my heart and throat. Thank you. Yeah, it was a beautiful share. I really appreciate mm. you accessing your vulnerability in that way. Mm. And uh, very last question is, if you could complete this sentence, hmm. Alexandra Joy's legacy is? To become, to, to, to be in the becoming of this divine feminine essence realm, which essence is another way to say archetype, divine feminine essence realm, to be the beacon and the, and the lightning bolt that presences the integration of our divine feminine, the divine feminine realm into this uh, quote unquote reality more fully. We've been living, uh, I, have to, I hope you don't mind, I, I, to actually get to this, I need to close my eyes. We've been living in a one-sided for, 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 for many, many years, thousands of years. And it's not male against female, mm -mm, wrong. That's like absolutely not where to go in this conversation. It's the divine feminine, the divine male, and we all can own both. And the divine feminine or divine masculine can have its diabolical components. And right now, when diabolical means the divine is sick. And right now we can see in the world the old model of being led by, and women, even in my generation and before, being taught more of, you know, well, how to, how to master life, how to be more masculine versus being 
connected to a, an essence that is divine feminine and integrating into the world, as you so eloquently put it, that moment you get in your walk that you're actually going to see more when you slow down. That is not male versus female. That's a divine feminine versus divine masculine because the divine masculine is a container setter. It is the, the clarity. It is the movement. It is the, the doing in the most magic way. It's the magic man energy. It's that, you know, and we know that there's a lot of other archetypes in the divine masculine, but, but what, what I'm, I'm birthing through me as the vessel is, is, is this continued opening to, to this integration that we are standing in the precipice, this nexus point of receiving. And it, it literally comes from the earth up. It comes from Pachamama. It comes from mother earth. And she is messaging. She's screaming. When I say it's moving so fast, that's really what I mean. This frequency, she's screaming for, you know, kind of like a, the analogy is like, pick me, pick me, pick me. And, you know, if you go and I have my goddesses do this, like go to an airport. Well, you can't go to an airport now, but you won't be able to do this for a long time. Yet, if you go, especially if you're a woman and, and you go into any environment, watch how women actually are walking, how they're behaving. You know, when I go into my doing, back to my husband, my beautiful king, pointed this out the other day because I was getting ready to do this quantum journey. And he's like, it's so funny. Like, when you're in this content prep mode, like, you become more masculine. I'm like, I know, I feel it. And it doesn't feel good. Actually, it's, it's, it's necessary for getting stuff done. But where I'm in the dance up myself is like, how do we be in that flow and slow, flow, flow and slow and the container and doing with the clarity. So there's a nexus point there. And if I, to answer the question specifically, I am a beacon of holding myself or opening and surrendering to the vessel that I am to bring forth this, this clarity around this nexus point. So there's this integration and I could say so much more, you know, to me, I, I, I've done leadership training. I have paid thousands of dollars to be around the masters of leadership. Like I want to know about followership. I want to know, I want to know how we can follow because if you, if, you, if you read about and know about when women come to circle, when they got into the red tent together, there was no leader. There was the crone. There was the wise woman. There was the shaman. There was the respected one who could, could take over if she wanted. But, but in the feminine, there's, there's in the divine feminine, not feminine, the divine feminine, you know, it's, a, it's more like the, the flock of birds that move. Like there's, there's never... There's, if there's a leader, it's kind of by accident. It's just energy moving, energy moving. So my, my play in the world has really evolved. It wasn't this three years ago. The divine has said, this is, I, I don't even know where it came from, except that it's kind of my lineage because I came from, the, I came from kind of queen-like energy and it just hit me one day. Everything just converged like a puzzle. So I don't even remember your original question. I've been riffing so much. So thank you for letting me become this clarity as I answer the question because mm. it is emergent. It is evolving. And, and all I can say is we are at one of the most exciting, juicy, delicious times in our evolution of being human. And I don't know about you, but 
my I'm just I'm I'm feeling the blessing, mm. the pain, and the blessing mm. that's present now. So if I can have anything to do with that and be the vessel for more of that, because that seems like how it's been going with me, then I'm like, and then and truthfully, you know, and I've said this, I'm like, if and I don't the how, you know, like Viktor Frankl says, you know, any 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 mighty why will create a how. And the how of that, I'm, I'm less married to in form. You know, if, it, if it's by being the most amazingly present mom and, and, you know, queen to my king, okay, got it, got it. It doesn't seem like the way that I'm being guided is quote unquote just that. I mean, that's huge. And there's a lot of goddess work to do in this integration. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of pain out there that that i'm i'm present to in 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 women as as we move more towards this nexus point together and it takes conscious men it takes men being able to hold but it takes our brothers actually because we can't do it in isolation this isn't about one or the other ever right and this particular journey is is one for a sacred sacred journey woman and a sacred journey man Mm. So if I can have anything to do with that, and if and if not, I surrender to that too. Mm. Thank you, thank you for that that depth, and feels very complete. And I really appreciate mm. you looking so deeply within yourself and exploring all the realms we did, and and sharing yourself and. It was rich. Thank you. Mm. Mm, I feel that too. And I thank you for being able to pull what you pull out of people because I'm sure you do this with all the people who get to be in your field. So I appreciate being able to emerge with you. It's, it means more than you know on the mind field level, but I know your soul level gets it completely. Most definitely. Mm. It's an honor. Well, do you want to let people know how they can connect with you if they would like to? Oh, absolutely. So it's alexandrajoysmith.com is, is my website. So Alexandra Joy Smith, and Joy is my middle name. Yeah, just, just there's a contact section there and just reach out and we can play in the magical and mystery realm together. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I was in South Africa two years ago and I had never heard the term Ubuntu, which is how Nelson Mandela ran the context for running the country. And if you go into a, a new village, they greet you with Ubuntu, which is I am because you are. So it's my favorite saying. So Ubuntu. Ubuntu. We hope you enjoyed that episode. This is what we're all about at Souls of Society. If you feel inspired right now, share this with one of your friends. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. And most importantly, embody your soul by living in your heart. It's our time. It's our time for harmony, togetherness, and peace. Much love.